Hey, what's up? My name is Christy and I am the host of Awaken the Extraordinary. Welcome to the Storyteller series. At a time when I feel like so much of the world's focus is about that which makes us different and that being a bad thing and seeking to divide us, I want to focus on that which we have in common. Because when we focus on that, we cultivate a sense of connection. And when we feel connected, that creates the foundation that we are able to build relationships on. And when we have relationships with people who we think are different than us, but we actually realize we have stuff in common with them, we're more likely to be more tolerant, more compassionate, more kind, more empathetic. That's the kind of world I want to live in. So that's why I created the Storyteller series. And I really hope you stick around for this episode because I'm pretty sure you're going to benefit from hearing it. On today's episode, I chat with Chelsea Casper. So Chelsea and I met via Kathy Heller's Made to Do This program. And although we did not meet while we were in the program, we were in the program at the same time and we happened to meet on Instagram afterwards. I've actually connected with a ton of amazing women after the fact, and I'm super, super thankful for that. So Chelsea is on Instagram, obviously, and she can be found at when the days unravel and I will tag her information and the show notes. And I will also tag her in the posts on Instagram. When this episode drops, if you're listening, I guess the episodes already dropped, but Chelsea is mom to five kids, not one, not two, not three, but five. And she is just amazing. She is all about supporting and encouraging women, primarily moms. Um, I think, you know, if you're not a mom, you can absolutely find support and encouragement on her Instagram page and via chatting with her, but her passion is really helping moms. And I think a lot of this stems from her experiences with postpartum depression after having two of her kids and being a mom can be a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a very isolating, lonely experience. When I think back to when I had my son, um, it was really disappointing. Um, it's so funny, but one of the things that still hurts me is like, no one sent any flowers to us in the hospital. We were in the hospital for five days. Um, no one stopped by after we got home to drop off any food. The people that were so interested and excited about my being pregnant didn't really seem to give a shit. Honestly, once I had my kid, Nobody checked in with me. Um, I was the last one of like all my friends and really my family, my age to have a child. And I guess I naively expected more support or just more interest. And that really bummed me out. Um, you know, I did have some family come over from Arizona a few weeks after he was born and it 
made me cry um, because nobody else seemed very interested. And that really hurt me. And so although I didn't have postpartum depression, I know how shitty I felt during that time. So I can't even imagine what actually experiencing postpartum depression feels like, because I already felt pretty bad. Um, you know, you're, you're adjusting to being responsible for this new life. And I think, especially with like your first kid, you're just like, what the hell am I doing? But even having multiple kids, that seems crazy to me too, because you're juggling this new life and you're trying to maintain some sense of normalcy with the children that you already have. And it can be a lot. And I do think there's, um, there's a lot more responsibility on a woman when it comes to parenting than a man and not even when the baby, obviously when the baby first comes home, but in that, that whole parenting journey, I feel like there are just these unspoken expectations that are placed upon us as women, as moms. And, um, it can be pretty isolating. And so Chelsea is all about supporting and encouraging moms. And so she talks a bit about her childhood in this episode. She talks about having her kids and how postpartum depression really helped her find her passion. And I love that Chelsea is an entrepreneur and she is modeling something that I'm so passionate about for her own children. And it's like, I love being a mom. A mom is one of the biggest parts of who I am, but it's not the only thing that I am. And she is a living, breathing example of that for her children. So I cannot wait for you to get to know Chelsea. So allow me to introduce you to Chelsea Casper. As I was mentioning, I would love to know, like, because I know you and I connected, we were both in the made to do this program, like Mm -hmm. Kathy Heller, but we didn't know each other. Like during the program, like we connected as I did with like so many others, like after the fact, but super thankful that we did. Um, but I would love to know, I mean, you have five kids and I would love to know like a bit about like Chelsea before you became a mom to five kids and then how the five kids came about. Cause I have one and I feel like I'm like overwhelmed most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I felt that way when I had one too, but like you just kind of adapt as you add more to the mix. <laughs> I, I feel um, like you'd be far more adaptable. Than I would be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I grew up, I was a pastor's kid. Um, but um, what went on behind closed doors was not what was preached in the pulpit. And um, so there's a lot, a lot of hypocrisy and um but when I turned 16, um, by that time, I knew that there was nothing that my parents could do when I, when I left. Um, I had looked that up 
I think when I was 12. Oh, that's I, right. I remember you sharing that with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you looked that up when you were 12. Yeah. And so by the time I turned 16, I knew that I could legally leave home without parental consent. And so I think it was five days, five or 10 days. I can't remember at this point, but it was very soon after my 16th birthday. Um, my dad had like asked me to do something again, that like just he had lost it about something that was his own doing on like, but he had lost it and told me to clean something up that he had done. And at that point I was like, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so that day I walked out and um, I ended up living with my supervisor from work and uh, I would help to take care of her kids for years. Um, growing up, my mom also, she had a day home. So there was always, there was really always kids around. So I was used to a lot of kids. Um, I paid my way through college, uh, and I went on to work in a daycare. <laughs> so like, I mean, there's always been kids around, but mm -hmm. being a mom is so much different than taking care of somebody else's kids. Oh, I'm sure there's probably yeah. like pros and cons to that. I can imagine. Like, I would think, I know that's yeah. how I feel around other people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most kids are more well-behaved for someone else than they are for their own mom. Like, yeah. I would have parents coming in all the time being like, I don't know how you get them to behave. And I'm like, what do you mean? Your child is a saint. Like they don't ever do anything wrong. <laughs> and like, now that's how I feel about my own kids. Right. I'm like, oh man, some days, like, I don't know, like <laughs> they just misbehave so much. And then they go with someone else and they're like, oh, your kids are so great. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad. Like, I feel like part of that though, is like, they're so like, they're so comfortable with you. Yes. Like, and that's to me, like, that's like the type of environment I think like we want to cultivate for them is one where they, they feel comfortable being themselves and, and pushing boundaries, doing all the things that kids are supposed to be doing, but it doesn't mm -hmm. make us make it like less trying or right. frustrating for yeah. parents at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That just reminded me with my oldest. Um, we were having some issues with him in kindergarten like he was having some severe separation anxiety and like some very severe behaviors and so we had we're taking him to a child psychologist and I was telling her like as soon as he sees me at pickup time he loses it like completely loses it and turns into like almost an animal and she's like you know what as, as bad as this sounds she's like that's a good thing and I'm like yeah. what do you mean that's a good thing and she's like that just means he's comfortable with you and he sees you and um, the moment he sees you, all of those emotions that have been building up during the day, he just lets them go. She's like, so that's a good thing. And I'm like, but it doesn't feel like it. Feel good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah. that just like, that just makes me tear up. Um, because I mean, that's, I, I totally, uh, I totally understand from your perspective, but at the same time, it just, it makes me feel for him at that moment in time that he had someone that he just felt like he could be truly himself with. And to me, I'm just like, <laughs> like even though it probably didn't feel like it, like right. <laughs> you're doing such a great job, Thank you know, you. because you're creating an environment that is probably very different from the one that you were raised in and trying, trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, that's, that's all, that's all that we can do. You know, mm -hmm. I think that that level of awareness is like, what's, what's the most important thing, because without that, 
you have no chance, I think, at, at changing anything, but to create a space where he feels comfortable just to lose, just to completely lose it. Like Mm -hmm. that's, but like, that says a lot to me, like just about you and your husband. And again, like the environment that, that you're cultivating, you know, at home for them. I've tried tried to make it a lot different I I mean sometimes something will come out of my mouth and I'm like whoa like that sounded like what I grew up with I'm like that needs to stop right now like it just it comes out and I'm like whoa okay no like we're gonna take a step back here like this is so what so what what's an example of of like something that comes out of your mouth that you're like whoa (sighs) okay I'm trying to think now like when if the one day he was they were doing something wrong and like, instead of being patient with them, like I just lost it on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe you're doing that. Like just, and then afterwards I'm like, oh my goodness, like, that's not okay. Like, you know, the impact of this long-term, right. like you, you cannot be doing this. Like you just need to take a step back. And then like, obviously I, once I had calmed myself down, I went back and apologized yeah. and like said, you know, like that was not appropriate for mommy to say that to you that like. And I apologize. I'm so sorry for speaking to you that way. And that's not how we speak to people. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that goes a long way with kids, like to see that, like, okay, mom and dad make mistakes too, but we can, we can make that better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as you were saying that I, I feel like my whole life, I can probably count on two hands, the number of times my mom has apologized to me for lashing out for hanging up on me for just saying like calling me awful names and I think you know as as a kid it wasn't that bad but there were plenty of opportunities that she had to acknowledge something that she probably didn't handle appropriately and like apologize and it never happened and so I think it's like it's so powerful to because we're modeling, we're modeling behaviors like for our kids, like all the time. And so I feel like when we're able to model those behaviors that we want them to be doing themselves, like being these kind human beings and taking ownership of the things that maybe they could have done differently. Like that's so powerful. And I think too, we're not perfect. Like we're human. We're going to mess up and that's, that's okay. Right. You know, and it helps them just see like, yeah, your mom and dad, but you're also human at the end of the day, you're not going to get everything right all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, was your, And I, you know, and I absolutely want to be respectful to what you feel comfortable sharing. Um, But in terms of like your home life, when you were a child, like I, I categorize as mine as volatile because my parents were always, always arguing. It was always screaming, always yelling. Um, It was just very tense. Um, Like was your childhood anything like that? And again, I want to be like super respectful and please Mm -hmm. don't share anything you don't feel comfortable sharing. No, in my childhood was very tense as well. Like when I think back on my childhood, I really don't have good memories. Um, 
I'm sure that there were good things that happened, but that's not what stands out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like the the yelling, the constantly being on edge. Now, even as an adult, as soon as I hear someone yell, especially a man, when a man yells, my entire body just tenses up. And I didn't even realize it until my husband pointed it out. He's like, do you realize that every time this happens, you're like, he's like, feel like, feel your neck. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm fine. And he's like, no, your neck is like a rock right now. And I'm like, no, it's not. And then like, I felt, I was like, oh, like, and he's like, you do that every single time. And it was just like a automatic reaction that I have without even realizing that I'm doing it. And like, looking back, like I said, I, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of good that did happen, but that's not what stands out in my mind. I, I feel the same. Um, and I, I've experienced the same, like when I was pregnant with my son, I asked my sister, she's nine years older. I said, like, what did we do when I was a kid? You know, like, what did we do as a family? Because I don't have very many good memories. I have a lot of bad ones. I have a few good ones. I also have a lot where I'm just spending time by myself. And it's not to say that they don't exist, but the majority of what I remember is negative. So that is really like my reality. Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, like how, I mean, it's really not funny, but um, it's interesting, you know, how you, you said what you did about like, when you hear a man yell or raise their voice, how your body just instantly like tenses up. And I think there's, there's that saying about how, like, you know, the body remembers and it's your, your body, just your body remembers like everything. It takes note of everything, whether consciously you're aware of that or not. And I had a similar experience just yesterday and I was commenting to my husband, we went to Legoland with my son and I walked into a store and there was a customer that was very unhappy with one of the employees. And she was speaking in a, in a raised voice and she was not being kind. She was not being respectful. And I instantly like got tense and I'm like, this isn't even directed at me. And I just, you know, I instantly felt uncomfortable. And I told my husband that when I came out, I'm like, it's just, it's weird how sensitive I am to those types of things. And it sounds like you are too. And I think it's very much attributed to the environment that we grew up in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm thankful again that you're aware of that and trying to create a different space for your kids. Um, I could like sit and talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> um, I'm like, and I, and I do with like my therapist. Um, maybe not all day. I can only afford like an hour at a time. Um, but it's expensive, right? Yeah, it it is. It it is, mm-hmm. and that's something else. Like. I I think needs to change because, um, you know, like my, my dad is a huge country music fan and I grew up listening to like the, the Judds and I don't know if you know who they are, but, um, the, it was like a mother daughter singing duo. And we found out the other day that the mom, um, passed away and, and she died of suicide and, you know, it was, um, 
she's the mom of the actress, Ashley Judd too. I don't know if you know who she oh, is. Okay. Yeah. And so they said that, you know, she had just been battling mental illness for a really long time. And I read that she had, um, you know, written a book on experiencing depression and trying to feeling as though she, she came out of that experience with some hope and it just highlighted to me just the importance of mental health and just being aware of how these traumas in our life, like really impact us. And it, it just made me think like so many people need to have more access to getting the kind of help that they need so that these one, they just know how to, to work through whatever it is they need to work through and that these patterns aren't repeated generation after generation. So, I mean, good, honestly, Chelsea, like good for you for like recognizing that and acknowledging that and doing what you can to change that for you and your family. Yeah. I feel like there's more of a movement now towards that rather than just, this is the way I am and Mm -hmm. we're just going to deal with it. There's more of an awareness, like overall I've noticed with a lot of people that they're saying, okay, yes, this is the way I grew up, but that's not the way it has to be now. And we can change things for the future generations, which I think is really beautiful. And I hope it continues. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think different conversations are being had. And I think people are recognizing that, that I I have the power to change things, change what I don't like. Um, and I just, yeah, I hope that there's, there's more of that. And I think honestly, like even conversations that I've had, you know, with, with my mother-in-law, with my husband, I mean, their life was completely different and just, educating them on what like my life has been like and how I'm choosing to do things differently. And I think also to some degree, helping them understand that, that same mindset that just because this is how it's always been done, doesn't mean this is how I have to do it, or doesn't mean that like, this is how it needs to continue to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like heavy stuff. Um, Okay. So going back, like with your kids, you have five kids. What are their ages? Seven, five, four, three, and one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, so impressed by you every time I think of that. Um, So did you plan on having five kids? No, (laughs) we thought we would have three. That's what we, before we got married, we're like, we'll have three kids. And then we had three kids very quickly. We got pregnant on our honeymoon. And then when our first was nine months old, we found out we were pregnant again. So we had her when he was 18 months old. She was three months old when we found out that I was pregnant again. Oh my and I was like, this can't, this can't be possible. <laughs> and so when I had my third, my oldest was only two and a half. And at that point I had severe postpartum depression. I, it was, we lived in a tiny two bedroom apartment on the fourth floor and to go anywhere. Like I had to pack everyone up. It like took 10 minutes just oh. to get out of our building. Oh, yeah. And like at that point in time, like 
yeah, we, we just stayed inside all the time because I didn't have the energy to actually get up and go outside with three young children. Yeah. And so like, there would be days, all four of us would be sitting there crying. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, I, like I've always been a very independent person. And it was at this point in my life, I finally realized like, I, you can't do everything. Like I, I was a perfectionist back then. I'm not anymore, thankfully. <laughs> but at that point, like I, Ryan would ask me, Ryan's my husband, he would ask me what he could do to help. I say, no, no, it's fine. I can do it. And I would just do everything. But then all of a sudden I had three kids, two arms, and I had to ask him for help. Mm -hmm. And so it was like almost grieving the loss of my independence at that point in time. And it was very, very hard. That was a very dark time in my life. I like, I honestly don't remember a lot of that period. I just remember it wasn't good. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so you said you had postpartum after your third, do you feel like you experienced any, anything like that with like your first or second? No, no, no. So what did like, because I don't, I don't feel like, um, like I experienced that. I feel like my, my hormones were like wacky for a while. Um, but I don't feel like I experienced that. So can you, can you help explain, like, if you're able to, like what that kind of felt like for you? Yeah. So it was like a very strange feeling. I had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And like, if the house was not completely clean, like things had to be in a certain spot. If it wasn't like, it actually felt like the walls were closing in on me. And I felt like, like I just needed to escape but there was nowhere to escape to. Yeah. And at the same time, like I didn't want to leave anywhere. I would sit there and just like, I was sad and angry. Like there was this, just this rage that would boil over, over nothing. Like mm-hmm. a kid would knock something down. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like it was, it was terrible. And like, I felt like a terrible human being. Cause I'm like, why can I not control myself? These are young children. And like, I just have this rage that's building up inside of me. And like, at that time, I didn't actually know that I had postpartum depression. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought I was just an angry individual. I'm like, what's going yeah. on? Like, why, why do I feel this way? Why do I hate my life? Why do I want to run away? Like, why, why are there all of these terrible feelings all at once? Um, yeah. And then I found out that it was postpartum depression and I was like, oh, okay. How did you, <laughs> excuse me, how did you find out that that's what it was? Um, I was talking to a public health nurse actually, and she's like, so like, how are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm okay. Like, and she's like, are you getting things done? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting everything done. Like, and she's okay. Well, how are you feeling? I'm like terrible. Like I I just feel angry and sad all the time. And she's like, okay, so you, that sounds like you have postpartum depression. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, no, like, she's like, "It, it is possible to have postpartum depression and still be high functioning. And she's like, and that's what this is. She's like, you can still get things done when you have postpartum depression. She's like that just because you're depressed doesn't mean you just sit around and do nothing all day. I was like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) all right then. (laughs) And how, how old was your third child at this time? She was, I think she was two months old. Okay. That's, that's a lot. And so why were you talking? Because you're in Canada. So why were you talking to the public health nurse? Like, was it just a regular visit? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it was just a regular visit and to her and like, because they 
they do try to check up on the moms a little bit, like during the first couple months to make sure everything's okay. And like that breastfeeding is going well and whatnot. So yeah, I was chatting with her and that's when she was, she told me this and I was like, all right. So, (laughs) and how did you, how did you feel when she said, I think this is what you have? It was, it was almost a relief for me. Yeah. Cause like, I felt like it was like, okay, so there's something actually wrong. Like, it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just yeah. me. Like, I, yeah, I understand that. Like there's, yeah. there's an explanation for the way that you're feeling and the way that you're behaving. It's not just like, yeah. you just like went crazy, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term, it's mm-hmm. just there, there was a reason. And to me, like, that's almost the not knowing for me, I think in terms of pretty much anything is always the hardest part. Like once I know whatever something is or what I should expect, then I know what to do. Yes. You know? So, so then how did, how did things unfold after that? Like, was there, like, did you talk to somebody? I mean, how did you kind of work through that? Um, honestly, Ryan just kicked me out of the house. He's like, you need to go and uh, do something for yourself. Like go drive around, go get a coffee, go do whatever you need to do. I'm taking the kids and you're going out. And like, so he forced me to go out. Like I'm, <laughs> it was a good thing, right? Like yeah. it wasn't like, he's like, you just need to get out of the house and go. Do, and he would do that whenever he could tell that, like I was having a really hard time. He would just tell me to go, or he would take the kids all out of the house so that I could have some space to myself. And he was very good at being aware of that, which was very helpful because I know a lot of husbands aren't that way. So I'm Mm -hmm. very grateful that he was very supportive. And like, I mean, at that period of time, I didn't like myself. I didn't like being around myself. I'm like, I can't get away from myself. I don't like who I am right now. And so I like, I only can only imagine what it was like for him. Right. Like, I'm like, if I don't like myself, you clearly don't like me either. So, (laughs) But, but I think like sometimes I totally get that. But I think sometimes people have more compassion towards us than we have for ourselves, you know? Um, And I think, because I think they're also looking at the situation from a different perspective. So I completely understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, maybe he didn't think you were as evil as you thought you were, (laughs) you know, Um, when he would kick you out of the house, like at least initially, did you have a hard time leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So what, I like, like, I need to be here to take care of the kids. And he's like, no, you don't, you need to go. Mm-hmm. You need to go right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm feel like, I feel like for me, my husband will say that like with my, my husband having my son right now, um, I don't like, I don't really have like the mom guilt, but I think like when I go get my nails done or, I, I leave for like, I mean, anything, which isn't often it's like, there's this feeling that like, I should be home. Like even on the weekends, it's like, I will try to take a walk before my son wakes up and be home before he wakes up. Because if he wakes up and I'm not there, he gets upset and I don't want him to wake up and start his day, like being upset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost like my son has me in check in some ways, right? but you know, it's like there, there's just that, that guilt that 
And I think just like that caring as a mom, like I don't, I don't want my child to feel uncomfortable because of something that I'm doing or not be happy because of something that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's also like, well, you don't take as good of care of my son as I do, even though he's your child too. Yes. So I, like, I, I felt like if I experienced that not having postpartum depression, I feel like those could also be things that you were feeling as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that I have five, like whenever I get a chance to leave, I'm like, see you. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, I've gotten over it now. I'm like, no, he'll, he, Ryan can do a perfectly fine job taking care of the kids on his own. Like, I'm like the house might be a mess. Like they might be dirty. Like they, whatever it's fine. I'm like, they'll be alive when I get home. And yeah. That's happy. what I was just going to say. Okay. They're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, and I feel like that's like something that's hard for me is like, like, it was so funny. My, my son was home with my, my husband today at my in-laws house. And he sent a video that was like this afternoon and you know, my son's just being cute. And he, and I hear my husband just kind of make a comment to the camera. Like, yeah, he's still in his pajamas. And I was like, (laughs) I, I really don't care. Like he's home. That was one of my best memories when I stayed home from school or whatever. So I could stay in my pajamas all day, but I was just like, it's okay. Like, but yes, it's like, when I'm not here, the teeth might not get brushed or the hair might not get combed or the clothes don't match. I mean, the thing, I mean, the, some of the stuff like the hygiene stuff does matter, but ultimately he's, he's alive, <laughs> but, but there's something, I guess for me too, that it's like, I think I'm hypersensitive to certain things because of my own childhood. And so I think I sometimes worry about my husband, not meeting my son's needs in the way that I meet them. And I think like Chelsea, like the more I like say that out loud, that's really a lot of what it is. It's, I, I know what it feels like to, not have my needs met or not get the attention that I feel like I need. And I don't want my son to ever feel that way. And so I'm very like, I need to be home before he wakes up, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, does, does any of that like ever run through your mind? It did more so when I only had like three. Yeah. <laughs> like I, said, I think with like each, each one, like my standards have lowered a little bit. <laughs> Let things go a little I think, bit. Like maybe you've just relaxed. Like yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Because I feel like you've because I feel like too, that's what parents say, like is the big difference. What I hear is between like baby number one and baby number two. Like baby no, and I think there was even a really funny commercial about it, like where they had like the baby bath and they were being so careful. And then the next baby, they're just like throwing him in the shower with the parent, <laughs> And, you know, like you're just, you've learned that they're not as fragile as you think they are. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. you also become more confident yeah. and you also learn like, okay, this is something that is worth me stressing out about or being overly concerned about, or just concerned about. And this is something that I can just let this go. Like I can channel my inner Elsa and just let it go. Everything's like, <laughs> yeah. 
the house is going to be messy, mm-hmm. but the kids yeah. are still alive. Nuts yeah. <laughs> <a> win, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. You learn to let you, it's true. Cause with one, you only have one kid to worry about. So you like, you follow them around and you're making sure they're okay all the time. And then you have two and then you like, it's still this similar with two, but like you let a little bit go, you let a little bit slide mm-hmm. with your second one. Cause you're like, okay, like we learned from the first one that that was okay. And then you have another one and you're like, all right, like everything's fine. Like it's all good. And then like, I mean, now the other day I turned around and my little guy, he's 13 months. He had somehow climbed up onto our kitchen table. I don't, I have no idea how he got up there because he's not big enough to get on to the chairs. So I, I don't, I still don't know how he got up there, but I turn around, he's dancing on our kitchen table. And I was like, okay, this is what we're doing today. All right. This is great. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. I think I would have flipped out. Like yeah. I would have tried to look like I was chill, but inside I'd be like, oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, how is it like, do you and your um, husband have like similar parenting styles? Um, yes and no. Um, I feel like, I feel like maybe he's taken, like he'll follow my lead a little bit more because I have mm-hmm. so much experience with kids, but like, I mean, he's just like a big, big kid at heart. So he like riles them up and like, you know, he, he has a lot of fun with them and like, I feel like I'm more of the strict parent. Like, no, you can't do that. Like you need to calm down. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> yeah. that's how me and my husband are, but reverse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think I've shared this with you. It's like, or maybe some, oh no, it was, um, it was another, uh, parent that I follow. I was like, oh, okay. You want to jump on the bed? Well, let's find a safe way to do that. Let me yeah. hold your hands while Wait. we jump on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas my husband's like, no. Like right. <laughs> no more monkeys jumping on the bed, no more Milo jumping on the bed. Right. And I think like for me, like helping him retain like his joy and the fun and just the carefree, I I think like just vibe that you have, like as a kid, I know what that feels like to have that like taken away. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's so important for me to just try to help him keep that for as long as possible. And my husband had a complete, completely different like experience growing up and he's just a different type of person too. Um, but that's where I think we, (laughs) we kind of like, but heads, I mean, we don't, we don't butt heads, but it's just like, I can see the frustration with, you know, and, and probably vice versa too. Like, I feel like he needs to chill out and he feels like I probably need to like get more serious. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's like that for us. Like I I'm all for kids taking risks, like mm-hmm. jumping on beds, totally fine. Like they, they have pretty much free range over the house. Like, is, I'm like, if you can do something safe, it's totally cool. If you want to climb, like obviously dancing on tables is probably not, not the best thing to do, <sighs> but it's more like Ryan will like let them go from one thing to the next, to the next without cleaning up. And like, so yeah. the whole house looks like there's like been a bomb gone off. Whereas I'm like, okay, we're done. If we're done with this, we're going to put it away and then we'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> I think that's our biggest difference. I'm like, no, no, like with five kids in the house, we oh have to keep on top of this. Otherwise, like in five seconds, the whole house can oh, be destroyed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I have one kid in a very small house and it's like that. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because 
I do both my husband and I actually do try to do that. But when my husband is not here, like I know he's not going to be home. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't have the emotional capacity to try to convince you that you need to put stuff away. So some days I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know. Have you ever like, I know I'm a bit older than you, but there is this really old movie. Like it came out when I was a little kid called Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. Have you ever seen that movie? It's uh, Michael Keaton and, um, oh my gosh, Shelly, was it Shelly Long? I don't know. But so Michael Keaton, like, I think his wife goes back to work and I don't think it's Shelly Long. It doesn't matter. But anyway, like Michael Keaton is like this guy and he becomes like a stay at home dad and just see and and his wife was a stay-at-home mom and she went to work and so it was just him dealing with being a stay-at-home dad which at that time was a very novel concept you know yeah and just like the havoc that (laughs) just like was wreaked upon the whole house and how he adjusted and then like at the end you see like he gets this system and you know like implemented but that's how I feel like our house is <laughs> like I'm just like oh, right. I, I, don't even, <laughs> I just don't have the energy to try to rein anything in and I have one so yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah I haven't okay. seen that movie but I can imagine <laughs> it's, it's actually like really it's really cute. Um, I mean, it's very, it's very eighties, but it's, it's fun. Like, so I, I recommend it. Um, it's just super entertaining. Um, okay. So you have five kids and you and I connected on Instagram and I love like the name of your account. So it's when the days unravel. Can yeah. you tell me like what inspired that? Because I think it's very poetic. Great. It was actually this summer, this past summer, we were out camping and we were supposed to meet um, my brother-in-law and his wife at the beach. And we were trying to get our kids ready. <laughs> and just like, I don't even know what happened, but like three hours went by and like, not like we just, it's chaos. Like Mm -hmm. there was stuff everywhere. We couldn't get the kids dressed. We were trying to get them like ready for the day. Nothing was happening. His Ryan's brother kept calling me like, Hey, where are you? Are you guys coming? (laughs) We're like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there soon. And like, it was just complete mayhem. And we never did make it to the beach because just everything like unraveled and when we were talking to him later that day, he's like, what happened you guys? Like, we thought we were going to meet at the beach in the morning. I'm like, yeah, so did I. I was like, the day kind of unraveled on us. And then after I was like, uh, afterwards, I was like, that's never come out of my mouth before. What is, what is that? Like, and I was sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, Ryan, what does, when the days unravel, what emotions does that bring up for you? And he's like, I don't know. It's kind of neutral. And I'm like, huh? Okay. I'm like, you're a man. I'm going to ask some moms. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did, I asked some moms, I was like, okay, when you think of the, when you hear the term, when the days unravel, what does that bring up for you? And so many of them, like I had asked four of them and three of the four were like, oh, when you're with your kids and just like you, you plan to do something and the entire day just goes like out of control. And I'm like, okay, 
yes. Okay. You yeah. get it. And I'm like, yeah. So this is like, yes. So perfect. Oh, I love, yeah. I love that. I, I love how that came to be. I see to me, like I'm a big believer in like things happening for a reason. And so I love that that inspired like the name. I, I just, I, I love it. And I can so relate to that because I feel like, I feel like at times I'm just like, how do these family like when we go to Disneyland, I'm like, how do these families with these little children, how do they get out the door at 7 a.m. to be there when the park opens at eight? Yeah. It's like nine o'clock. And I'm like, buddy, we need to get your put like your clothes on. We need to take your pajamas off. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> what what like do they put? in the water or their cereal like what is it because that is not my reality like my reality is that and I felt bad but at the same time it made me laugh because there have been so many times where we've wanted to where I have wanted to do something my husband is content just hanging around the house all the time um (laughs) like I've wanted to do something and because it just takes so long and that's just with one, we just don't do it. And then I'm like grumpy, <laughs> frustrated because I feel like all these other families can do it, you know? So I, I whenever we're doing anything, like we can't do things at this in the spur of the moment anymore. It just doesn't work out with mm-hmm. these, this many kids. Like we have to plan everything the night before. And I was never a planner. Like before we got married, Ryan and I were very spontaneous. We're like, Hey, let's go camping this weekend. Okay. We pack stuff in the van or the car at that time. And we just go <laughs> at, like without a camping spot, we'd go find somewhere to camp. Oh, I love. And that. now, now we've got a van and we have to pack a week in advance to get everything ready. You know, like it's just super not spontaneous, but at the same time, we still have fun. Yeah. But, like we get everything ready the night before now. Like I make sure their clothes are set out. Like they, we've got snacks for the day. We've got like changes of clothes for everyone. We've got everything. We get the van packed up, everything. And it still takes us hours to leave the house. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. I just, yeah. Um, like when we'll go for just like an overnight or two nights, I don't like packing anyway. Like I don't like packing for myself because I don't like having to plan in advance what I'm going to want to wear on a certain day Mm -hmm. or how I'm going to want to wear my hair or what jewelry, like, I mean, really important things, Mm -hmm. but then you add a child because my (laughs) husband doesn't pack for him. I do. And so Mm -hmm. I try to like put outfits together and I'm just like, I hate this so Mm -hmm. much. And it just like takes forever because I just hate it. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with you. We'll go somewhere. And Ryan's like, why is it taking you so long to pack? And I'm like, because you go into your room and you just grab things and you throw them in a bag and say, okay, this will be fine. Yep. And I have to go into the room and find outfits for each child for each day, plus extra clothes, plus all of the things like (laughs) <laughs> yes. pajamas extra yeah. underwear yeah oh my, this is why this is taking so long he's like can't you just throw things in a bag and I'm like no because then when you get there you don't know where the things are you need to like you need to know where the things are when you get to your destination otherwise like <laughs> yes mayhem yes well I yeah. mean I'll even pack like a lot of times I'll pack my husband's deodorant and toothbrush because it's a lot of like he doesn't even remember to do that 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, I have to kiss you with like gross breath and like smell you stinky BO if I don't pack the deodorant. So I'm, I'm looking out for me when I yeah. do <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, that makes me feel less alone. Yeah. No, you are not alone. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> So that like brings me though, to like your, your Instagram. So what I guess prompted you to start that. And, you know, I know, like I've talked to you before, but you know, you're super passionate about like encouraging moms and supporting moms. And I mean, I think like we all being moms, like feel that, but like you obviously have a passion. So it's like, I'd like to understand like where that came from too. So when I first started my Instagram account, it was during made to do this Mm -hmm. and we were told that we should be posting every day on social media. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to post because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. And so I just started posting like random things about my life in the beginning. And when we started, I was like, I was like, I'm not made for business. Like, this is not my thing. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I started like selling wreaths that I was making. Cause that was the one thing that I had to do for myself. Ooh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So like at that time, I'm like, I'm just a mom. I have no skills. I can't do anything. Like I had a lot of like negative self-talk. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, like that, I'm just like trying not to jump on that. Okay. Right? <laughs> so at that point in time, I was like, okay, I'll just start posting on social media. And so I was like posting about these wreaths that I was making and I sold it, like I made them and I sold them right away. Everyone loved them, but I'm like, I don't feel fulfilled at the end of the day. Like I'm making wreaths. Like, yes, there's a purpose in that. And if that's something that fulfills you, that's great. But for me, I was like, I don't feel fulfilled. It wasn't doing. your thing. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I knew that I wanted to help moms in some way because I had been through postpartum depression twice. When I had come to me to do this, I had, was just getting over the second bout of it. I had postpartum depression with my fifth. I was pregnant with him during the pandemic and we weren't allowed to leave. We weren't allowed to see anybody. I felt like we like missed out on a lot of stuff. We were like locked in our house. I had SPD, which is symphysis pubis dysfunction. So my pelvis like literally felt like it was being torn apart when I walked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've yeah. never even so, heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's wow. very common actually. And it's, it's almost debilitating. Like you can't turn over in bed. Like your pelvis feels like it's ripping apart. It's because the, it's the ligament near your pubic bone. Mm -hmm. It stretches. And because it's such a delicate, um, like it's, it holds your whole pelvis together. So if it stretches even a little bit, it, it, your whole pelvis goes like out of, out of whack. So it's like literally falling apart as you walk. Um, it's very common in pregnancy, which I didn't know about until I had it. And I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I fell into a very deep depression during, during my pregnancy and which carried over postpartum. And so when we came to me to do this, that's when, um, I was coming out of that. I had like, just feeling like I'm made for more than this. Like I cannot just continue sitting around. Like I know I'm a mom and I know that's a huge um, like that has a huge impact on the world, but I was like, but I know that I'm made for something more than just this. And like, mm-hmm. I can't keep sitting in the house wishing that I had something for myself. Yeah. And so I was like, if I feel this way, then I'm sure other moms feel this way. And then I started talking to other moms that I knew and pretty much every one of them had had postpartum depression. And I had no idea. 
about it at the time. And I'm like, why didn't you say anything? Cause they're like, it's such a taboo subject. Like if you have depression, you're weak. And I'm like, no, no, we need to change the conversation mm-hmm. around this. Like, this is not okay. That this is how ev- like all of these moms are feeling. And so the more, yeah, like I said, the more, the more moms I talked to, the more I felt if I found out that like probably 90% of moms were feeling the same way, like that they were failing as a mom, that they weren't good enough, that they like, they felt so guilty for not being like, for, for not being able to do all the things. I'm like, okay, we're going to change this now. And so that became my mission to change the narrative around it, to say like, you know what? It's okay. Like if you have a day where you just need to lay in bed all day with your baby, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You're like, that is enough. You're keeping your baby alive and, and that's fine. That's good enough. And then I had moms reaching out to me saying like, thank you so much for making me feel like, like what I'm doing is okay. Like that. I'm not just a failure as a mom. And I'm like, man, like it, it hurts my heart to know that so many moms feel right. this way. And so, yeah, like that's why it's, such a big deal to me because I know what I felt going through it and now I know like other moms are going through it and I'm like I just want to encourage you and tell you that it's going to be okay and that like yeah you might be in this like fog right now but that will lift one day and things will get better and like just yeah (laughs) yeah I think like first of all thank you thank you so much for what you're doing and I I'm so sorry to hear that you know, I didn't realize that you had had postpartum depression a second time. So my gosh, that must've just been like, really? Like yeah. again, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, like something beautiful was born from that. And I, I feel like the more I'm talking to people and the, and just the more experiences I have that I reflect on, it's like, in, in our darkest times at our lowest points, that's when, you know, I, I feel like my, my whole, like, I love butterflies and like the whole process of like, you know, the, them spinning their cocoon and, and going through that transformative process. It's like, they start out just kind of not so great. And then they're in this like really weird, like kind of ugly state. And then like something beautiful emerges from that. And so I, I feel like so many stories I hear, like, that's what happens. It's like when you're at your lowest low and you get through that, even if it's just like one step, like on the other side, like something beautiful is typically born from that. And so Mm -hmm. while I'm not happy about what you experienced, I am happy that that's something beautiful and helpful for other people and probably you, you know, like was like came out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like this, it, it gave me a purpose outside Mm -hmm. of being a mom. I felt like I had completely lost who I was as a, as a person. And so this gave me meaning outside of that. And I was able to like, through the whole process, I've rediscovered like really who I am Yeah, and what I enjoy doing rather than just, okay, you're just a mom. Like Mm -hmm. you're just a mom and you get to take care of these kids all day. I got to really like dig deep and be like, okay, no, what do you enjoy doing? What, like, who are you as a person? And there's been a lot of like inner work through this whole process. So it's been like very healing for me as well. And, um, and it, I, yeah, I find it very beautiful to be able to just around and reach out my hand and be like, okay, now I can pull you up too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
to other so, moms. So what are, are so what are the things that like you enjoy doing that has nothing to do maybe with you being a mom? Um, I really enjoy reading. I've discovered that I really enjoy making videos, <laughs> reels. <laughs> like I, I find it so fun. I know some people are like, can't believe I have to make reels for my business. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm having so I, much fun I making it. It, it yeah. makes, it makes me happy The the creativity, um, yeah, like I just, I love it. Like it's like creating your own mini movie. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I get like, it's not for everybody. Like my husband's like, I could never do that. And I'm like, you're just, you have different interests. Like the stuff right. that you like, I'd be like, ew. Yeah. You know, like just yeah. not, not my thing. Like, the, what is that real? There's that real with the audio. It's like not my thing. So not approved yeah. by me. Yeah. Not into it. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So reading, you like doing like the reels. What else? I really like working out and like I found like my passion is really helping other moms encouraging other moms mm-hmm. and being like yeah just being able to say like you're enough and mm-hmm. like you don't need to prove yourself like you you don't have to prove anything to have worth and like I found that that really like just to be able to to have moms come to me like people I've never even talked to all of a sudden will be in my dms being like thank you so much and I'm like, I don't know you, but I'm so glad that the, yeah, <laughs> this like, is helping that, you. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just the, I don't know. I think that's just like the, the best thing is when you, you just know through doing something that you love doing, like you're helping somebody else, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and those are only the people that reach out to you, Yeah, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it just, I, I just think it's like, it's the best thing ever, you know, um, Oh, I was going to ask you something. What was the question? Um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me at like 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> when I'm like getting a Band-Aid or something for my son. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, um, I know it was something about like, it was something about moms and, um, oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. It's going to drive me crazy. It's going to drive me crazy. And okay, so like, that's something that, I feel like I like mom brain, like when people talk, like they're like, okay, like you have pregnancy brain and then like, oh, pregnancy brain, like just morphs into like mom brain. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's a real, like, I feel like it's a real thing. It is. It really is. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't, what, what I feel like it, it comes from is just having so many things like on your mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and one of my colleagues talked to me about this, like actually like shortly after she started and I was like, I really like her. I'm glad we hired her like about (laughs) like emotional workload and how, you know, and I talked about this in a recent podcast episode about just like remembering the appointments, remembering the birthdays or buying birthday gifts or, Mm -hmm. or scheduling like scheduling family outings or scheduling get togethers with friends. Like, I feel like so much of that falls on the women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other day I didn't put my daughter's seatbelt on the way to like drop my son off. I saw that. (laughs) And afterwards I was like, what 
is going on here? And then I'm like, I said to Ryan, I'm like, my brain can only hold so much information. Mm-hmm. Like there's just only like, there's so much that it can hold. And then it's like, there's things that are slipping through the cracks because my brain is like so yeah. overloaded with things that need to be done. And <laughs> Unfortunately, that day her seatbelt didn't get done up. Yeah. I loved when you asked her like what happened and she's just giggly about it. <laughs> she thought it was so funny. She still talks about it. She's like, mom, you didn't do on my seatbelt the other day. <laughs> like, I know. It's, a, it's, it's a good amazing thing, like, what kids remember. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. It was like just through school zone. So we're going like 30 pretty much yeah. the whole way and it wasn't very far. And I'm like, man, like that's an important thing to remember. <laughs> I've, I've done that once too. Like I snapped it, but I just forgot to like tighten it. And I was like, well, I'm glad we made it home. Like, right? you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So I remembered what I was going to ask you. So like women feeling like they're not doing enough. Um, like, where do you think that comes, that comes from? I think that the way society has told us that we need to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like you need to like take care of the house and the kids and, and potentially work outside of the home as well. And like, that's up until recently that all fell on the woman, right? Like the, all of the household stuff mm-hmm. all fell on the, the woman. And I think like looking back, my mom didn't really have friends. Like I, like she didn't do things for herself. Yeah. And I think that that's just been passed on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want my daughters to grow up thinking that once they become a mom, their life is over, that they can't do things yeah. for themselves, that they can't have friends and go out and like have, have a passion project, do whatever they want to do just because they're a woman and they've had kids. So that's when, that's when things changed for me. When I realized that I was like, no, my kids aren't going to grow up believing that their life has to their own personal interests have to be done when they have kids. Like I'm going to show them that they can be a mom and they can also do things for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. I think it kind of like that emotional workload that I, that I just mentioned, like, I feel like it has been on the woman. There's just all of these expectations. And I saw something the other day that like really kind of resonated with me. It's like, something, and I'm not going to, to paraphrase it probably and do it justice, but it was basically like, okay, if, if you have, if you're a mom and you have a job, you need to work as though you don't have a kid and you need to parent as though you don't have a job, but that same expectation is not on men. Right. But I feel like that's so true. And also like growing up, my mom too, like she had one friend. Um, and it was all about everything she sacrificed. They didn't go on trips because of us. Like it was all like, look at all of these things that I'm not doing because I'm choosing you. Like it had to be, or it couldn't be. And, and I think like my husband and I too had talked about before I ever got pregnant, like we wanted parents to be one of the things we were. We didn't want a parent to be like the only thing that we were. And I feel like for me up until I started all of this, it, 
like I too lost sight of who I was. Um, and I was just like, all I am. And I still feel that way sometimes like, like all I am is a mom, Mm. you know, and I don't want my son to grow up seeing that as just like having that expectation of like women, like this is Mm -hmm. all that they are. Um, and I also want him to just see me and know that like, I can, I can do anything and women can do anything. And we, it did, nothing has to be like, or it can be, and like, yes, like you're a mom, but you're also a strong supporter and encourager of women. Like you're an avid reader. You love to work out and help women get healthy. You like to make wreaths, but you don't want to do that all the time. You know, like you have like all, you're a multi-passionate person because like, that's just what humans are. And so like, why not be like the fullest version of ourselves and through that, like show our children, like what's actually possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I think just the thing that's just so interesting is just the different, just the difference between like just the men and the women and just like how our brains <laughs> like work. And yeah. I remember I was in a bookstore years and years ago and I never read the book, but it was something about like our minds. And it was like, men's minds are like waffles. Like they compartmentalize and women are like spaghetti. Like it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. And yeah. that was before I had kids. Like that was long before I had kids. And I was like, yep. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I saw a comedian do a skit on that once. And he was basically saying like the same thing, like men have boxes in their brains and how like when they're going to think about one thing, they take out that specific box and that's all they think about. Mm -hmm. He's like, but then you go to a woman and her brain has like all these like tangled wires in it. He's like, she goes to think about something. It's like, yeah, Yeah, that's, that's right. That's how it is that makes me feel so much less alone now because because that's, that's something too. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's like, I'll ask my husband. I'm like, what are you thinking about? Like what's going through your mind? Nothing really. Like there's literally nothing going through your mind. No. Yeah. So then I just like cuss him out in my head. (laughs) I may, I may give him the finger. but I'm just like what would it be like right yeah just have that for like a day you know I I feel like I'd be like oh this is very quiet like this feels uncomfortable you know I feel like it would feel uncomfortable to not have anything going through your brain yeah yeah because there's just always all of the things going on (laughs) did you did you ever see that movie what women want with Mel Gibson yes So like, I love like when he starts hearing women's voices and I'm just like, yeah, like that, that is what it's like to be in a woman's mind. Like, yes, at least all the women I know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So funny. Um, okay. So what I know you have started like a new business venture too. Hmm. So can you share a bit about that? 
um, so that our, our listeners, you know, can, can learn a bit more about that aspect of mm-hmm. what you have going yeah. on. Yeah. So, so part of helping moms has been like trying is helping them to get healthy as well. So I partnered with a health and wellness company and we have products to help with, um, mood and weight management focus, um, trying to think right what else right now. <laughs> Trying a blank, but anyways, we have health products, um, that have really helped me. And like, obviously if you have something that you use that you want, that works for you, you want to share it with other people as well. Right. And so that's, that's an aspect of my, my business. And I'm also planning to go and, um, I'm planning to take a coaching program to do, to become a certified coach in the next year or so as well. A coach of what? I feel like, I feel like there's so many coaches. So what would your focus be? So I haven't quite figured that out yet. Like, I feel like it'll be something to do with moms, obviously, Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm passionate about. I'm not sure if it'll be like just like health and life coaching, or if it'll be more of the business aspect, because now Mm -hmm. that I'm getting my own business up and running, I feel like maybe that will be the venture avenue that I take, but I haven't quite decided that yet <laughs> that's exciting though yeah. like I, I reference like frozen all the time like into <laughs> like it reminds me of like into the unknown yeah like where the summer. unknown can be scary like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier but at the same time I feel like it can be kind of exciting too yeah because you don't know how things are going to unfold yeah I, I think made to do this really helped with that just taking messy and perfect action mm-hmm. and figuring it out as you go. And like, that's where, like, I mean, it started with wreaths and then I was doing self-care challenges for moms. And then I joined a health and wellness company and another health and wellness company. Like there's just been, there's been so many <laughs> different things that have yeah. stemmed from that, but like one thing builds upon another and you figure it out as you go. And I think yeah. that's the beauty of it. You don't have to know where you're going to end up. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I like, I, I love that. And I feel like so many of us feel like we have to have everything figured out. We have to have everything mapped out before we take any action. And so often we just don't do anything. And I feel like so many of us are afraid to like, not have this perfect polished image or product or whatever, whatever it is you're creating, like, well, it's not, it's not perfect. So why bother? But I find that like, I, I relate to people like that don't have it all together because I don't. And it's (laughs) nice to look at, it's nice to look at the people that have it all together Mm -hmm. and go like, well, maybe one day, but what I love is, you know, the people where you see like the house and kind of shambles in the back and they're just, they're just being who they are. And I'm like, I can relate to that. And I feel like that help cultivates that sense of connection when you find someone that you're like, and that just makes you feel less alone, you know? And I think so many of us need that after the past couple of years that we've had. I I think I mentioned, I used to be a perfectionist. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have ever told you that I didn't do what my, my daughter's seatbelt like that would have been like, such really? a, like, yeah, like it was like, wow, very much like trying to like put the, off this like polished, perfect, like facade. Why? I think, cause I grew up with that. Like there was a lot of ego and it was always trying to put on a show 
Yeah. And so like, I just kind of learned that that's how we needed to be. And so I just strove for perfection all the time. And it's just been recently that I'm like, it's so freeing to be like, you know what, this is what happened today. And then you have people reaching out and be like, thank you so much for being real and honest because so, so much of social media is just so fake and people just putting on a show and pretending to be something they're not. Mm -hmm. And so I've like made it like my mission too to just be like authentic and be who I am and like tell people when I've messed up. Mm-hmm. tell people that I didn't do things because then moms are like oh my goodness you too and I'm like yeah, yeah. we all are like this none of us are perfect <laughs> yeah and I think like what's beautiful about that too Chelsea is like it's not like we need permission to from anybody to like be who we are or to say that we've messed up like we didn't put the kids seatbelts on or they they haven't had a bath for like five days like I think that was one of the things you asked too and it (laughs) totally reminded me of that end scene in bad moms where the mom's like my kids haven't had a bath for like a week and I'm like that is me right here and what's funny is like I hear my mom like criticizing me so it's like that's part Mm -hmm. of why I just don't talk to her very often because like she's one of the tapes that always plays in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like when, when you are like unapologetically you people that maybe there is that hesitation, someone who maybe didn't do the seatbelt that was like, I will never like share this with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like they see somebody else just being who they are. And they're like, well, they survive. Like they're still, they're still here and they're mm-hmm. still like looking like they're having fun and their kids are still alive. And yeah, maybe, maybe the next time I mess up, like I'll share it with my mm-hmm. friends, yeah. you know? And it just, mm-hmm. it just gives people the permission that I don't think a lot of us realize we need to just be who we are. Absolutely. And I think living in the the age of social media where you have so much visibility to other people's lives, like it, it can be, it can be a lot because like people are sharing like their highlight reels, you know, everything that's like good. But when you have people that are just like, yeah, I forgot to buy diapers and I had to tape together a couple maxi pads or something like I don't know you know like I actually had a friend that had posted that a while oh really yeah (laughs) seriously just like oh my gosh yeah yeah that I mean and I mean hey it's innovative you know Mm -hmm. I mean and it shows like scrappiness like resourcefulness yeah you know it's like very like MacGyver back in the day when he could like make anything out of a paper clip and a rubber band I'm right like, they're probably like do you know who MacGyver is I my grandpa used to watch okay. I'm like I am not as old as your grandpa <laughs> that's why I laughed you're not as old as my grandpa at all. my parent my parents watched the show and so I think like that's like Cause you didn't have like DVR and like, you were lucky right. if your VCR stopped blinking 12 o'clock and actually recorded the show, like based yeah. on what your timer, nobody could ever figure that stuff out back right. then. So that's how I watched <laughs> MacGyver. Um, okay. So you were doing awesome stuff, like supporting and encouraging moms. So just share with everybody, like 
where they can follow you and anything else, like, even if it's just like words of encouragement, I don't want to say just words of encouragement, but <laughs> this is your time, your space to, to share everything that's wonderful about you and how people can keep tabs on you. Thank you so much, Christy, for having me on here. And I'm on Instagram at when the days unravel and I'm on TikTok. I should have made them the same. I don't know why I didn't. I was wondering, I was wondering (laughs) that, but you made them different for a reason. Why? Um, So I'm actually launching a community right now. That's called more than just mom. Okay. It's on Facebook. And so I think that's why I didn't make them the same. I should have made them the same, but my TikTok, I just, just started on TikTok and it's underscore more than just mom underscore because more than just mom was taken, but <laughs> of course yeah, we're, we're late to the TikTok game, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it's so exciting. I'm having fun with TikTok too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And if you do come find me, please come and say hello in my inbox. And I would love to chat with you and get to know you. And, um, yeah, just, just remember that none of us have, (laughs) have it all together. Like we're all out here just doing the best that we can and you're doing a great job. (laughs) All of you. (laughs) I know, I know everybody appreciates you so much. So what's the group on Facebook? Um, I'm, I'm just getting it ready right now. It's going to be called more than just mom. And it's just going to be a space for moms to connect and, just be encouraged and inspired and there'll be like challenges run in there every month just for fun. And yeah. What would, what would a challenge be? Um, like just like a, either like a fitness challenge or like okay. a miracle morning challenge, just something to like kind of motivate and connect and just have something to do for yourself other than just being a mom. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then what's the, the new bus- business venture? Can you share some information about that? So people can maybe look that up um, and see if there's something there that they'd like to touch base with you on. Sure. The company that I'm with is called Trenant um, and it's a health and wellness company. Um, a lot of the products, they may need a little bit of an explanation for the, for, <laughs> for it. So um, if you're, you are interested, reach out to me and I will, will be glad to get you some actual information on the products because just looking at them on the website might be a little confusing. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll make yeah. sure to link that in like the episode notes too, but I'll, I'll make sure I'm linking like the right thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and um, I'll make sure to update all of, or include all of your information in the episode notes. And just thank you so much for what you're doing. I like, you are making such a difference and I just love like seeing all of your stuff with like your kids. And I love seeing your kids in the reels. Like, I'm just like, Oh, am I, am I a bad mom for not having my son in the reels? But I'm like, eh, he doesn't really fit into like yeah. my, my niche, Yeah, um, you know? And when he does, he's there, but otherwise like he's not, but I love seeing like your, your kids in them. I think it's really cute. They, they like to be in them. They're like, mom, can we be in them today? I'm like, probably not in this one, but so, like, sometimes I just jump into them. I'm like, all right, we'll just roll with this. <laughs> like, and that's, I mean, like, that's your whole, like, to me, that's your whole thing though, you yeah. know? So yeah, like there's somewhere I'm like actually nursing my son. You can't tell, like, he just looks like he's sleeping, but he, I'm like nursing him as I'm making the reel. Yeah. And I'm like, well, let's just do what we have to do today. <laughs> Some multi- multitasking mama, like yeah. that's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs>
So how awesome is she? Like, I love that Chelsea was inspired by these really, let's just say like these really crappy experiences, you know, I, I'm so sorry for what she experienced as a child, but I am so thankful that she has taken that and is choosing to parent her children differently, that she is so much more mindful about what she is doing and the behaviors that she is modeling for her kids. I think that takes such a strong and courageous person. And so I am just so impressed by that. And also her experiences with postpartum depression and how that really evolved, how she took that and made it into something so beautiful for other people and really herself. There's so many women and moms out there that just need to know that they're not alone, that what they're experiencing, someone else has likely experienced that or is presently experiencing that. And knowing that you're not alone cultivates that sense of connectedness that I think so many of us are in desperate need of. And I really hope that you go follow her on Instagram, especially if you're a mom. So you can find her again at when the days unravel. And I just, I just love her. I appreciate you so very much. I know I say it pretty much every episode, but I want you to know that I really do. There are a ton of things vying for your time and attention. There are so many freaking podcasts out there. Like I have a hard time picking which ones I want to listen to, but you chose to listen to this one. And that really does mean the world to me. And if you are a regular listener, or if you're a new listener and you have thoughts about this episode, or you have thoughts about other episodes, I really do want to know if you have any feedback for me, I want to know you can send me a DM at awaken the extraordinary on Instagram. You can send me an email at K R I S T I Christie at awaken the extraordinary.com. I don't just record this to hear myself talk. I record this podcast for other people for you. And I want to know your thoughts. You can leave me a review, but I would love to actually connect with you and know what you love, know what you would want to hear more of. I want to know if you think I could be doing things differently. I want to know it all. So send me a DM, send me an email and let's, uh, let's chat. Okay. So before I sign off, you know, what's coming, you know, what's coming. I encourage you to stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others, and I will talk with you soon.